are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Hello, lovely humans. Thank you so much for listening. Perhaps there are some cats and dogs and birds also tuning in. (laughs) Namaste and welcome. I feel like it is an eternity between episodes since I am not recording multiple episodes during the week. I am not used to this, everybody. But as I've mentioned over the last few weeks, I think it's important to give you only one episode to digest because I know for me, I am trying to educate and be educated as well as being a social justice warrior and There's so much going on in the world today and it's really important to also be mindful and be connected to your own personal practice on the mat and definitely with the philosophy of yoga off of the mat. So for me, I really need to take a step back and just be able to make sure that I'm, you know, living in the truth of what I talk about on yoga podcasts. I miss teaching in studio. Teaching on Zoom or teaching on YouTube is definitely not the same. I miss the connection with my students before and after class, discussing their practice, discussing their life, giving hugs, receiving them, you know, just being in the presence of these beautiful practitioners. I miss being a student. I miss the entire experience. I also miss my personal practice and being really confident and just really present in it. And recently with all the trauma that is stirring up and some of the triggers that I know I've been experiencing, I've had to really connect deeper and deeper back to what I know to be true. And the workshops that I teach myself to those who suffer from PTSD or those who are surviving and thriving from it. And I am really trying to do it for myself. So this upcoming week, I'm actually really excited because I'm going to be doing some mindful meditation. I'm going to be taking time away and spending moments in the present. So I just want to give you all a warning. I will not have an episode of Yoga Podcast next week. At least I'm not planning to. You never know. I might be able to squeeze one in. But I am going to take my first ever break in, gosh, almost what? 350 episodes, maybe I'm almost to 400 episodes in the last couple of years, and it is going to feel even more weird, but I'm going to take some time to reconnect, also do a little bit of planning for yoga podcast, try to get back to my personal practice, and also I mentioned last week that I am a part of the biggest virtual yoga teacher training ever. With the support of the Black Lives Matter movement, Yoga with Carson has put on quite a beautiful virtual training for Rocket Yoga. And it is in particular 
so amazing, amazing, because it's for black yogis, black yoga teachers, black yoga practitioners, and it is just kicked off. And there are yoga practitioners from all around the globe. So it's really neat. And I have the privilege of being a mentor as well. So I have a lot of work to do. There's so much information. We have about three to four weeks to really get in a lot of a lot of information and um, I'm really excited because I love rocket yoga it is a derivative of ashtanga which I did discuss in last week's episode and I've also discussed on yoga podcasts in the past but it is actually one of my favorite personal practices in studio is rocket I feel like it is um a way for me to express my love of gymnastics and dance and yoga and body movement all in one. Not that you have to be proficient in any of that, but it is a fun and very young energy practice that I appreciate because it couples super well with yin yoga and relaxation yoga, restorative yoga. So I definitely miss it. So I'm going to get a lot of it over the next few weeks. And I also am going to really enjoy being a mentor because again, that's something that I miss. But um, so I'll be busy with that, but hopefully I'll be able to bring some nuggets from the training onto yoga podcast as well. So I look forward to seeing what's going to happen um, this summer with yoga podcast with my own personal practice. Also, thank you so much for all of you who I am in contact with on email, social media, Zoom calls, all of it. If you want to connect then please do connect. I am here, I am available, and I would love to hear from you. Hear how you are doing during all of this social distancing and yoga studios being shut down in most places. And the places that did get to open up are starting to roll back. So we have a lot of work to do here in the U.S. of A. (laughs) So, um... That is all that I have to say about all of that. I hope you've had an opportunity to go back, if not already, and listen to the last three weeks of yoga episodes on this podcast because we've been talking about inclusivity in the yoga community as well as cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. And today we are going to talk about another topic that rolls right into all of those and it is about social justice and how yoga lives at the heart of this. I have a quote that I actually put on my Facebook recently and it is a yoga that doesn't hold social justice at its heart is not a complete or true yoga. And this is so true with everything that is currently happening. Rather, it is, you know, things that have been brought to the surface during Black Lives Matter and the entire movement of 2020, or rather it is just something that is community oriented locally. Yoga is a social justice philosophy. We are called to be a part of the bigger picture. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail. Before I do, though, I want to share something else that I really just love. 
One of the things or three of the things <laughs> that I really want you to remember is simplicity, patience, and compassion with yourself and with others. This is what allows us to operate from our highest vibration. Keeping things simple, being patient, having patience, having that compassion for self and for others this is really what allows us to have a beautiful foundation that gives us the tools that yoga can facilitate toward that social justicing, that social justice warrior part of self. And we all have it in us because you cannot have compassion for self and for others without wanting to be the change you wish to see, but also wanting to make change to have forward moving progress. So... It is important that we heal from within. This is why I love hosting the workshops for PTSD survivors. Because the healing, the work that we do on ourselves is really, really crucial to allowing us to be able to show up off of the mat as well for others. So let's talk about this social justice and yoga. Now, fundamentally, yoga is a powerful tool for social justice. It teaches people how to reclaim and develop their potential, life skills, physical and mental resilience, and the spark in them that won't be marginalized. Now, we all deserve access to opportunities for education, health care, sense of place, esteem, and a connection with healthy community. Yoga provides these opportunities inherently. Now, I know for myself, my passion for teaching yoga does really stem from all of that. It stems from the idea that we have community, that we have that unity, that we feel like we belong, that we feel like we are safe and secure, that we can really root and grow from there, you know, root to rise, all of the things that we really focus on in asana practice, right? Which is just one of the eight limbs of this beautiful philosophy. But the one that most people identify with, and most of my listeners come to yoga from that perspective because Yoga Podcast by Breezy Bree really does focus on yoga one-on-one. But as you start to delve deeper into the philosophy, it is really important to start to observe how you feel about the different areas in your life off of the mat that resonates with the philosophy of yoga in a much, much bigger way, right? So human beings are marginalized, shunned, isolated, are institutionalized. And when this happens, we all suffer. Those who are pushed to the margins or the shadows represent the shadow side of our very selves. Our culture and our communities. Now, that which we can shun is that which we shun in ourselves too. There's been this quote that goes around. I'm sure you've all seen it. I'm going to paraphrase. But basically, it's if someone is a hater, right? If they're hating on you, they're really just hating that same thing within themselves. And similarly, if you are perturbed or annoyed by somebody, first check and ask yourself, what about that do you not like about yourself? I actually used to do this exercise quite frequently. Now, I have a lot of patience and I like to think that I don't anger easily. But when I do, 
it usually goes like all the way to the moon. <laughs> and years ago, I really took a lot of time to to identify what those triggers were. And once I was able to do that, and I'm not, you know, completely cured of this, but I'm definitely 98%, you know, healed from my triggers. But there's still that 2% for me. But this is a really great exercise and something that you should find yourself doing, even if it's, even if you don't go all the way to the moon, if you just find yourself being agitated, ask yourself what about this person and what about their actions is reflective in something in me that I don't like, that I don't, um, I don't want to hold on to, that I want to really let go. That's a part of my shadow self, okay? Now, when humans don't feel that they have a voice, they will act from a place of powerlessness and they will experience psychological pain that profoundly shapes their survival strategies. This is something that we are all seeing happening right now. I mean, it's definitely something we saw with the toilet papers, like, you know, buying up all the toilet paper in the store. It's like this sense of the root chakra has been completely annihilated. So... It's really important to notice in yourself first where you might not feel rooted, where you not might not feel safe and secure, and also to be able to recognize when you're in the presence of somebody else that is definitely acting from that space. Again, I've talked about this in the recent weeks in really great detail with some of my own personal experiences. Now, if we collectively are to bring about a balanced community, one that supports the needs of all of its members and enables each of us to grow into our interpersonal and psychological as well as spiritual potentials, re-engaging these community members is essential. And as a yoga practitioner, you've been called to action. <laughs> even if you're not a teacher, even if you don't consider yourself a healer, an empath, by pure proxy of engaging in this philosophy, you are called to really be able to, I think, harness your highest vibration and heal yourself so that you can start to do the work in community. Now, when we go into the margins to offer support, the marginalized people, we're going to also learn how to break down barriers to integrate our personal shadow, listen to the unheard voices of our brothers and sisters, and catalyze their potential to awaken their sense of place and belonging. We are also transforming how people see themselves as well as how others will see them, or at least come to see them eventually, right? As we value these members of our community, we actually are able to shape how the larger community values them too. Now, this is challenging in the current climate, the current political climate, right? But it is still our call to action. And I know for myself, I've been challenged, but I'm really proud how I've dealt with those challenges because I wholeheartedly believe in this philosophy, 
Now, I also believe that yoga teaches fundamental life skills. These life skills actually transform our mental and physical health. You all know this. Now, these life skills make us better individuals, family members, and of course, community members. Now, all members of our community deserve access to the life-enhancing practices of yoga. And I talked about that a little bit last week. You know, yoga is a multi-billion dollar industry. And there was a time, especially in its lineage and where it comes from, where yoga was never a, a practice that would be charged, right? And it never had that, you know, economical capitalism attached to it like it does in the West, especially now. And now with all the yoga studios being shut down, is this our message that we need to bring it back to the people, back to the community, you know? And even for those of us who have earned a living off of yoga, how can we give back in a way that's substantial, especially, especially, I should say, as I mentioned in last week's episode, to those who represent the philosophy at its root, you know? Um, how do we really connect back to the truth of yoga, to the cultural appreciation that we should be exhibiting for this beautiful philosophy? So I, I sort of, in my heart and soul, believe that that is a huge message that we need to really pay attention to. I'm eager, trust me, to teach and to be back in studio. But, and I get it, you know, brick and mortar studios have to pay rent, lights, and all of that. But how do we do this in a way that's different? In my city, there's yoga teachers and yoga owners who are doing this. I like to consider myself a part of that. Um, I offer a plenty, myriad of services for free. All my PTSD workshops are for free. I try to donate the monies that I earn from teaching back into the community, back into the studio, back into the students, um, yoga for kids. But there are some co-ops and some beautiful ways that I've seen yoga teachers and owners of studios do some really amazing things also giving a huge portion of their proceeds back into local nonprofits and charitable um, organizations uh, sponsoring uh, students to become teachers all of that so I definitely think most studios most yoga teachers are participating in this but is it enough and these are the questions right is it enough now, when community is created, healing happens. It actually allows us to rebuild, re-knit our experience of belonging. Now, social justice is based on the concept of human rights in which all humans have as their birthright, the freedom to realize themselves. Yet, we live in a world with much social injustice, an injustice to which we often unknowingly contribute. Yoga is called a path of self-realization, yet this realization to truly serve oneself or others isn't the realization of who we have been or who we might become, but rather the realization of who we are in our shared humanity, our vulnerability, and our potential. Now, yoga has within it the profound capacity to awaken us to this shared humanity as we discover in ourselves both the seeds of human capacity and the seeds of suffering. 
Blessedly, yoga also provides us with the tools to nourish the seeds of capacity and to address the seeds of suffering. So yoga has an interpersonal tool and it is uniquely powerful as a means to social justice for and in the transmission of yoga from teacher to student, which is, you know, the perceived hierarchy. Now, separateness or labels of the one in need or the one who supplies that need dissolve in the shared experiences of breath, movement, and the surrender of identification to who we are or who we have been or who we perceive the other to be or to have been. Now, it is a journey outlined in the Bhavarad Gita. Now, within the contemporary dharmic field, the yoga mat. (laughs) I love that. Now, when yoga is positioned to be accessible, inclusive, and respectful of the diversity and dignity of each student, it becomes a social justice catalyst, an opportunity for students through the explorations of yoga's life skills and tools for personal well-being to experience themselves as belonging, as worthy of their own advocacy and empowerment. Doesn't that just give you chills? Ah, your own advocate. Your own advocate. This is the stuff that I lean on. And it is capable of making contributions to the betterment of the whole. Yes. Now, when we go to margins to learn from and offer support to others, we're also going in to learn how to break down barriers, including ours to integrate our personal shadow, which I mentioned, to listen to the unheard voices of our brothers and sisters, and to catalyze the potential to awaken a sense of place and belonging. As we value all members of our community, we shape how the larger community values diversity and differences too. Now, if you listen to my episode, um, I think it was part one. Well, I know it was part one three weeks ago when I was talking about inclusivity in the yoga community and my silent protest that actually got silenced. This is what I knew I was bringing to the community. But sometimes we have to focus on our collective practice in such a way that our vibration is so heightened that when we bring that to the community collectively, we can see that change. But it's, it's slow. It's not overnight. But we have to have faith. We have to trust in that. And that is one of the things that I love about yoga. I love about using yoga as a healing modality. Yoga and social justice is a huge part of the practice. And it not only deepens your sensitivity, it cultivates your compassion, it commits you to your accountability and integrity, but it allows you to lean into your blind spots and engage in the reflective process that supports your emotional and mental well-being in all of its depth and intricacies. It includes that you can Acknowledge your own survival strategies, your behavior tendencies, your transparency. It allows you to become part of the healing process of the larger culture. I know for me, this is exactly what yoga has brought into my life. And it has actually attracted more of that, more people like that, more experiences that allow me to continue to grow 
You know, yoga is not a bubble to protect you from the outside world. And I think a lot of times we consider yoga to be that way. You know, yoga is this retreat from the world for at least an hour. But no, 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 no. Yoga is to prepare us. You know, we we prepare for war, but we pray for peace, right? It's to prepare us to be able to go out into the world to fight the injustices, to bring community together, to offer unity and love. It prepares us for that because it brings us to an alignment within ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. It raises our vibration. It gives us the patience that we need, the compassion. It teaches us simplicity. It offers us a philosophy that can integrate into our other spiritual practices and beliefs in a way that magnifies them to the next level. It gives us opportunity. (laughs) It really does. So I invite you to think about where this all resonates with you on and off of the mat. If you have found yourself in the bubble of protection, if you feel like you're doing the work on yourself to heal, And if you feel like you are able to offer the patience and compassion that is truly needed for yourself, but also for others, how are you handling the social climate that we're in? You know, the social distancing, the protesting, the injustices, the, you know, polarization of politics. How are you handling this? Where are you showing up in your philosophy of the practice Are you the educator? Are you being educated? Are you going down deep, dark rabbit holes and having to pull yourself back out of them? Are you pulling other people out of them? You know, where are you at? Check in with self. Please engage me in this conversation if you're open to it as well because I learn from all of you. I learn as a student of this beautiful practice and philosophy. I learn information that I later teach to others, you know, passing on knowledge. And I am really grateful for the opportunity. All right, all of you, I want you to check out today's show notes. There will be a link if you didn't catch it last week. I did a really awesome interview, if I must say so myself. And talking about my experience, I'm on videos, so you can kind of tune in and check in, leave some comments or report back. On what you think, I talk about yoga as a healing modality in my life, someone who has suffered from extreme trauma and PTSD, as well as my journey as a yoga teacher, the philosophy, and my experience in engaging with the Black Lives Matter movement, as well as the appreciation of this beautiful culture of yoga and the differences of all of us off of the mat. So I hope you have an opportunity to tune in with that. It was actually hosted on Cafecito con Colon by the state auditor in the state of New Mexico, Brian Colon, who is amazing. And we have some really cool moments on that episode. So I invite you to have a watch. So check out the show notes. It is through Facebook, but you can still engage with it if you don't have a Facebook. If you find yourself on Facebook and we're not friends, let's become. And I look forward to getting back on track with yoga podcast coming up with some really cool ideas on how you can expand your home practice 
in the future as this social distancing, mask wearing, COVID-19 climate doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Don't forget, I am most likely going to be skipping the next episode next week. So you will not hear from me for a couple of weeks unless I get a wild hair, which I hope I do. And I end up recording anyway. Maybe I'll get a cool meditation recorded or I can share a meditation from one of the amazing yoga teachers from the rocket yoga teacher training perhaps i can do that with their permission so i love you all so much offering you a virtual hug please send one back my way thank you for listening please do go in peace namaste I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste. Namaste.